This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Elon Musk podcast. This is a show where we discuss the critical crossroads that shape SpaceX, Tesla, X, The Boring Company, and Neuralink. And I'm your host, Will Walden. Because of your continued dedication to this podcast, I've been able to create the Elon Musk podcast on YouTube. And we will be doing our first live stream this Sunday at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern on January 14th. That's 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern, January 14th on youtube.com slash the Elon Musk podcast. Now we're going to be talking about SpaceX, Tesla, Everything Elon Musk, also some ChatGPT, OpenAI, some other AI news. So please tune in this Sunday, 2 p.m. January 14th at youtube.com slash the Elon Musk podcast. Controversy surrounds Elon Musk, the CEO of SpaceX and Tesla, over allegations of drug use, including incidents involving cocaine, LSD, and ketamine. Now, these claims have raised concerns about Musk's well-being and the potential impact on his companies and their stakeholders. Musk, however, refutes these allegations, stating that three years of random drug testing by NASA found no evidence of drug or alcohol use. The situation gained traction after Musk smoked marijuana on the Joe Rogan podcast in 2018. And following this, NASA requested that Musk undergo random drug testing for three years, to which he agreed. According to Musk, These tests showed no traces of drugs or alcohol. Now, this response comes amidst a Wall Street Journal report suggesting ongoing drug use and abuse by Musk, a claim he denies. Now, Musk's reaction to the WSG report was dismissive and critical, labeling the report as unworthy and using a poop emoji to express his disdain. Despite his rebuttals, stories and speculations about his drug use continue to surface. These include concerns expressed by Tesla board members and reports of erratic behavior attributed to drug influence, such as his tweet about taking Tesla private. Now, NASA's involvement escalated after Musk's appearance on Rogan's podcast, leading to a $5 million probe into his drug use. This investigation aimed to ensure compliance with the drug-free workplace requirements of SpaceX's $14 billion government contracts. The results of this investigation, however, remain undisclosed. Representatives for Musk and his companies, including SpaceX, Tesla, and X, formerly Twitter, have not provided immediate responses to inquiries about these allegations. Musk himself has been relatively quiet on the issue, aside from his dismissive tweet following the WSG article. Now, in defense of Musk, a post on X highlighted his compliance with NASA's drug testing request, and Musk emphasized that the test over three years, found no trace of drugs or alcohol. His attorney, Alex Spiro, did not immediately respond to any requests from the Wall Street Journal report either. Now, the Wall Street Journal's reporting has stirred significant discussion, though, with claims of Musk's use of various drugs, including cocaine and ketamine. Now, despite these allegations, the journal stands by its reporting. The situation has reportedly caused unease among senior figures at Musk's companies, with a Tesla board director 
even opting not to run for re-election due to concern over Musk's alleged drug use. The Wall Street Journal report also suggested that SpaceX executives worried about Musk's state during a company meeting, hinting at possible drug influence. This incident, coupled with Musk's controversial tweet about Tesla going private, has escalated concerns about his behavior and its potential impact on his companies. Musk's admission of using small doses of ketamine for depression and his infamous smoking incident on Rogan's podcast prompted NASA to investigate his drug use. And so far, um, the results are unknown, and it was part of NASA's commitment to ensuring that the place was drug-free. SpaceX was drug-free. They're building rockets for the Artemis program. They have to be drug-free. And also, they're sending people to the International Space Station and satellites with their Falcon 9 rockets. Now, Musk has acknowledged SpaceX employees' compliance with drug testing requirements following the Rogan incident. This adherence was crucial as SpaceX, being a NASA contractor, had to uphold laws pertaining to drug-free workplaces. Musk's comments suggest his awareness of legal and contractual obligations related to drug use. And NASA's investigation into SpaceX's workplace safety, including drug use, was extensive. It covered multiple SpaceX facilities and involved interviews with a significant number of employees, hundreds of employees. And despite the thorough nature of this probe, the results have been heavily redacted, with NASA citing confidentiality and competitive concerns. Now, a report from the Business Insider and their efforts to obtain details of the NASA probe faced challenges with initial responses from the agency indicating no records of the assessment's results. However, further insistence led to the release of some documents, although heavily redacted. This has sparked further curiosity about the investigation's findings. Now, the probe's scope included SpaceX's commitment to safety and health practices, particularly in the context of transporting astronauts. The NASA letter initiated the review highlighted the importance of safety in the U.S. space program and the need for compliance with industry standards and legal requirements. Despite the extensive nature and cost of the investigation, NASA has opted not to publicly release all the results, citing the proprietary nature of the information. This decision has left many questions unanswered regarding the findings of the probe and its implications for SpaceX and Elon Musk. Now, William uh, Gerstenmeyer, the NASA administrator who requested the review, left the agency after the conclusion of the probe. He later joined SpaceX as the vice president of build and flight reliability, a move that adds an interesting twist to the narrative surrounding this investigation. And there's an ongoing controversy surrounding Elon Musk's drug use. And while Musk denies any wrongdoing, the context of the allegations and the involvement of organizations like NASA show that this issue remains an important and unresolved aspect of his public and professional life. Tesla competitor Ford Motor Company recently released their fourth quarter sales data, revealing a pretty big contrast here. And while they achieved a record in EV sales, the success is paired with significant short-term financial losses. And in 2023, Ford's U.S. sales surged by 7.1%, reaching 2 million vehicles sold. This increase was driven primarily by their popular F-Series trucks, robust commercial vehicle sales, and record-setting performance in the EV sector. Now, Ford's F-Series maintained its position as America's top-selling truck for the 47th consecutive year and the best-selling vehicle for the 42nd year. 
Now, this dominance partially attributed to competition between General Motors' Chevy Silverado and GMC Sierra shows that Ford is enduring this. Now, for investors, though, the noteworthy aspect lies in the success of Ford's EV versions of its flagship trucks. The F-150 Lightning emerged as the top-selling electric truck, while the F-150 Hybrid led the full-size hybrid truck market. This shows Ford's ability to transition its gasoline-powered truck dominance into the EV world, you know? So maybe they can dominate that eventually if Cybertruck doesn't have anything to do with it. We're big fans of the Cybertruck here. So I think Ford has a chance to continue on because, let's just face it, the Cybertruck isn't for everybody here. Now, Ford's EV sector, particularly in the fourth quarter of 2023, saw a significant uplift. The company sold nearly 26,000 EVs in this period, a 24% increase for the third quarter. Now, this growth contributed to an 18% rise in EV sales for the full year. The F-150 Lightning was a major contributor to this growth, with its sales up 74% in the fourth quarter compared to the previous year. Ford's Mustang Mach-E and the E-Transit also helped the company secure its position as America's second-ranked EV brand in 2023. However, Ford's triumph in the EV market comes with a caveat. Despite record EV sales, the company is experiencing financial losses in its EV sector. Ford estimated its Model E unit, which focuses on EVs, would incur losses of approximately $4.5 billion in 2023. Ford's management remains optimistic, though, anticipating a turnaround in the Model E unit's profitability by the end of 2026. They show that the confidence is based on expected reductions in costs and an increase in production efficiency. The company views the current situation as a necessary phase towards long-term profitability. And remember, Ford is only a few years into the EV game. Companies like Tesla have been in this for over a decade. So Ford has a lot of catch-up to do, and they have a lot of learning to do as well. And Ford's strategy for achieving an 8% EBIT margin by 2026 involves scaling production and sales, along with improvements in design, engineering, and battery cost reductions. And these steps are seen as essential for enhancing Ford's financial performance in the coming years. Despite the challenges in the EV sector, there's plenty of them, Ford wants some growth, and they see growth in 2024, driven by its strong lineup of SUVs and trucks. The company plans to introduce new models across the F-Series, Ranger, Explorer, Expedition, and the Lincoln Rangers as well. The importance of continuous EV sales growth for Ford can't be overstated. Despite the current losses, sustained sales are crucial for the company to achieve profitability in the near future and into 2026. Now, investors considering Ford Motor Company stocks should weigh these developments very carefully, though. The company's performance in the EV market, despite its current losses, is a critical factor in evaluating its future prospects. Ford's a stable company, but you never know what's going to happen in the next few years if they can't get those costs down. In 2023, Ford's F-Series, including the F-150 Lightning and Super Duty trucks, recorded 750,789 deliveries in the U.S. This performance is critical in understanding Ford's market dynamics, especially when contrasting with General Motors' combined sales of the Chevy Silverado and the GMC Sierra. Electric trucks, growing segment in the market, are also reshaping the competitive landscape. Ford's F-150 Lightning leads the category, while other manufacturers like General Motors and also Rivian are making notable strides. 
I'm also a fan of Rivian. So if you're a fan of Rivian, I'm right there with you. I love the headlights. They're cute. Hybrid trucks are another area where Ford holds a strong position. The F-150 Power Boost, Maverick Hybrid dominate their respective segments. It shows that Ford's capability in both full-size and compact hybrid truck markets. Looking at the broad truck market, though, the competitive landscape includes various players like Stellantis' Ram Series, Toyota's Tundra, and Nissan's Titan. Each brand brings unique offerings to the table, with Ford maintaining a strong presence amongst all of them. Now, Tesla's Cybertruck is also a challenge to Ford. Despite its high initial interest, Tesla's production and delivery capabilities will be critical in determining its impact on the market. It's almost a niche product at this point. It is not traditional. Uh, most truck owners that I've talked to, and this is a little personal side note, not quite news, but they're kind of on the fence with it. They think it looks neat, but they don't see the reason to have a neat looking truck when their truck already performs well. These are farmers and people that haul a lot of wood and things like that. So it might be a hard sell for the Cybertruck to a, uh, a working class blue collar person. But the affordability of full size pickups remains a key factor for all these consumers. And as of now, the Ram 1500 Classic emerges as the most affordable option with Ford's F-150 and Chevy Silverado also competitively priced. Now, Ford's latest sales data presents a kind of a complex picture here. Record-breaking EV sales signal a strong move towards electrification, but come with a substantial short-term financial loss. The company's strategy and the future model releases suggest optimism for growth despite these current challenges. And as we continue to evolve and the auto industry continues to evolve, Ford will continue to evolve with it getting their costs down, and producing more EVs in the future. Hertz Rental Cars, or Hertz Global Holdings, announced that it's planned to sell approximately 20,000 electric vehicles from its rental fleets. This is attributed to the escalating costs associated with collision and damage of these vehicles, leading the company to favor less expensive to fix gas-powered alternatives. Now, this announcement impacted the stock market, with Hertz shares dropping around 4%. Tesla, a significant part of Hertz's EV fleet, also saw its shares decline by about 3% at that time. The financial impact on Hertz is pretty substantial. The company anticipates a charge of roughly $245 million in the fourth quarter of last year related to the deprecation expenses from the sale of these EVs. And Hertz move highlights the challenging situation for EVs in the current market. Growth in EV sales has decelerated a little bit, prompting manufacturers like GM and Ford to reconsider their production strategies going forward. Now, Adam Jonas, an analyst at Morgan Stanley, interprets Hertz's decision as a cautionary sign for the burgeoning EV sector right now. He suggests a need to recalibrate market expectations for electric vehicles and also for rental fleets. Now, Jonas points out that despite the appealing driving experience and fuel efficiency of EVs, ownership entails additional, often overlooked costs. Now, Hertz's previous commitments to electric vehicles included an order of 100,000 Tesla cars by the end of 2022 and a subsequent agreement to purchase up to 65,000 vehicles from Polestar over five years. And Hertz cited elevated expensive linked to EV collisions and damages as a primary reason for this decision, as mentioned in the regulatory filing. 
Meanwhile, German car rental company Sixt, S-I-X-T, has also moved away from Tesla. They stopped purchasing Tesla vehicles since 2022 and are now selling off their Tesla fleet as part of their regular vehicle rotation. And despite divesting from Tesla, Sixt remains committed to electrifying its fleet, aiming to convert 70 to 90% of its European rental fleet to electric by 2030. Now, Hertz, while reducing its EV inventory, plans to continue enhancing the profitability in its remaining electric fleet. Now, market trends indicate a decline in used EV prices through most of 2023. This trend is expected to persist, with used EVs projected to deprecate more than overall used vehicle market in 2024, according to Cox Automotive. Fun fact, I used to work for Cox Automotive uh, for about two years, and I love the experience there. Great company to work for, great people. Carl Brower, the um, IC Cars spokesman, notes that while 20,000 vehicles represent a small fraction of the used vehicle market, Hertz's sales will contribute to the ongoing trend of depreciating used EV values, resulting in significant losses for the company. Hertz is offering some of its Model 3 vehicles at nearly half their original purchase price, with listings as low as $20,000. So get on it if you're looking for an EV. More than likely, you can get a Tesla for much cheaper than retail. Now, this move comes as the company aimed for 25% of its fleet to be electrified by the end of 2024. Over 700 EVs, including models from BMW, Chevy, and Tesla, are listed for sale on Hertz's used auto website. These sales provide an opportunity for consumers to acquire affordable electric vehicles like Model 3s. And recurrent auto suggests that Hertz Tesla Model 3s might qualify for a used EV tax rebate too, so you can save potentially more money. Now, this situation presents an attractive option for you if you're seeking affordable EVs, despite concerns over their reliability and high mileage that other rental cars would have too. Personally, I know people that have bought their vehicles from rental agencies, and they turned out to be okay. Nothing really wrong with them. It's kind of like buying a car from a regular person, but just a bunch of different people doing different sort of driving than, say, uh, what I was told when I bought my Subaru, my last Subaru, that it was used by a grandma going from her house to the grocery store. So, which I don't think that's actually true. But you know what? Burlington Subaru, you got me. But that was a great car. 200,000 miles on that one. <laughs> so they got me on that one. I'm not sure the models or the makes of the Model uh, 3s, or the actual serial numbers, but I'm sure they're in pretty good condition. So to go check them out, see if they're good for you. Now, comparisons with other marketplaces, though, like CarMax and AutoTrader, show that Hertz's offerings are competitively priced. Consumer Reports rates the Model 3's reliability as average, supporting the notion that Hertz's Tesla vehicles are pretty good values. Now, Hertz's decision to sell a substantial portion of its EV fleet shows a big shift in its business strategy, reflecting the current challenges and economic realities of the EV market. This move offers customers an opportunity to purchase EVs at lower prices. With considerations regarding their condition and reliability, it might be right for you. So go check it out. Hertz Rental Cars, or Hertz Global Holdings, announced that it's planned to sell approximately 20,000 electric vehicles from its rental fleets. This is attributed to the escalating costs associated with collision and damage of these vehicles, leading the company to favor 
less expensive to fix gas-powered alternatives. Now, this announcement impacted the stock market, with Hertz shares dropping around 4%. Tesla, a significant part of Hertz's EV fleet, also saw its shares decline by about 3% at that time. The financial impact on Hertz is pretty substantial. The company anticipates a charge of roughly $245 million in the fourth quarter of last year related to the deprecation expenses from the sale of these EVs. And Hertz move highlights the challenging situation for EVs in the current market. Growth in EV sales has decelerated a little bit, prompting manufacturers like GM and Ford to reconsider their production strategies going forward. Now, Adam Jonas, an analyst at Morgan Stanley, interprets Hertz's decision as a cautionary sign for the burgeoning EV sector right now. He suggests a need to recalibrate market expectations for electric vehicles and also for rental fleets. Now, Jonas points out that despite the appealing driving experience and fuel efficiency of EVs, ownership entails additional, often overlooked costs. Now, Hertz's previous commitments to electric vehicles included an order of 100,000 Tesla cars by the end of 2022 and a subsequent agreement to purchase up to 65,000 vehicles from Polestar over five years. And Hertz cited elevated expensive linked to EV collisions and damages as a primary reason for this decision, as mentioned in the regulatory filing. Meanwhile, German car rental company Sixt, S-I-X-T, has also moved away from Tesla. They stopped purchasing Tesla vehicles since 2022 and are now selling off their Tesla fleet as part of their regular vehicle rotation. And despite divesting from Tesla, Sixt remains committed to electrifying its fleet, aiming to convert 70 to 90% of its European rental fleet to electric by 2030. Now, Hertz, while reducing its EV inventory, plans to continue enhancing the profitability in its remaining electric fleet. Now, market trends indicate a decline in used EV prices through most of 2023. This trend is expected to persist, with used EVs projected to deprecate more than overall used vehicle market in 2024, according to Cox Automotive. Fun fact, I used to work for Cox Automotive uh, for about two years, and I love the experience there. Great company to work for, great people. Carl Brower, the um, IC Cars spokesman, notes that while 20,000 vehicles represent a small fraction of the used vehicle market, Hertz's sales will contribute to the ongoing trend of depreciating used EV values, resulting in significant losses for the company. Hertz is offering some of its Model 3 vehicles at nearly half their original purchase price, with listings as low as $20,000. So get on it if you're looking for an EV. More than likely, you can get a Tesla for much cheaper than retail. Now, this move comes as the company aimed for 25% of its fleet to be electrified by the end of 2024. Over 700 EVs, including models from BMW, Chevy, and Tesla, are listed for sale on Hertz's used auto website. These sales provide an opportunity for consumers to acquire affordable electric vehicles like Model 3s. And recurrent auto suggests that Hertz Tesla Model 3s might qualify for a used EV tax rebate too, so you can save potentially more money. Now, this situation presents an attractive option for you, if you're seeking affordable EVs, despite concerns over their reliability and high mileage that other rental cars would have too. Personally, I know people that have bought their vehicles from rental agencies, and they turned out to be okay. Nothing really wrong with them. It's kind of like 
buying a car from a regular person, but just a bunch of different people doing different sort of driving than, say, uh, what I was told when I bought my Subaru, my last Subaru, that it was used by a grandma going from her house to the grocery store. So, which I don't think that's actually true, but you know what? Burlington Subaru, you got me, but that was a great car. 200,000 miles on that one. <laughs> so they got me on that one. I'm not sure the models or the makes of the model uh, threes or the actual serial numbers, but I'm sure they're in pretty good condition. So to go check them out, see if they're good for you. Now, comparisons with other marketplaces, though, like CarMax and AutoTrader, show that Hertz's offerings are competitively priced. Consumer Reports rates the Model 3's reliability as average, supporting the notion that Hertz's Tesla vehicles are pretty good values. Now, Hertz's decision to sell a substantial portion of its EV fleet shows a big shift in its business strategy. Reflecting the current challenges and economic realities of the EV market, this move offers customers an opportunity to purchase EVs at lower prices. With considerations regarding their condition and reliability, it might be right for you. So go check it out. Honda Motors has introduced a new electric vehicle series, the Honda Zero, set to launch in North America in 2026. Now, this series includes two new concepts, the Saloon, a sleek sedan-like vehicle, and the Space Hub, which is a boxier fan style model. Now these are lighter, more aerodynamic electric vehicles, contrasting the current trend of larger and heavier EVs like Cybertruck. Now the Honda Zero series is built on three guided principles, thin, light, and wise. Now this approach involves starting from scratch in engineering, signified by a new H-Mark logo exclusive to Honda's new generation EVs. The company aims to redefine EV design, focusing on more streamlined and efficient models than what they have right now. The specifics of how Honda will achieve this innovative, lightweight design in their new EV series remains undisclosed. Only Honda knows about it. And the current U.S. EV market is dominated by large SUVs and trucks. But Honda's initiative suggests a different direction, emphasizing smaller, lighter vehicles. Additionally, Honda collaborates with Sony on the Afila electric car set to enter the North American market by 2026. However, the connection between the Afila and Honda Zero series is not quite clear right yet. The saloon features a sporty, low-riding design inspired by Formula One racing with a minimalistic interior and unique lighting fixtures. And the Space Hub, resembling a futuristic minivan, includes features like a panoramic moonroof and interior design suitable for autonomous shuttle services. Its design focuses on space efficiency with no rear window at all, indicating a reliance on cameras for rear visibility. Honda also suggests that these vehicles will have partial to full autonomous capabilities. Honda's advanced driver assist features, based on the sensing platform, will be a crucial component of the Honda Zero series. First introduced with the Honda Legend in Japan, the level two system requires driver attention, but will offer hands-free driving in certain conditions starting in the mid 2020s. The company emphasizes sportiness in the Honda Zero series, drawing from its Formula One experience to enhance performance. And Honda also focuses on battery efficiency, employing e-axles to optimize energy conversion. Now, Honda plans to integrate AI-powered features in these vehicles, aiming for a personalized driving experience. And these features will adjust to driver preferences and provide route suggestions, demonstrating Honda's commitment to advanced technology integration. 
And how does global EV presence has been kind of limited so far with models like the Honda e city car and the upcoming prologue SUV, the company targets 30 new EVs by 2030 aiming for 2 million units sold in a commitment to zero emission auto sales by 2040. However, Honda has faced challenges, such as the recent cancellation of a project with General Motors for affordable EVs and setbacks in autonomous vehicle development due to an incident involving Cruise, GM's autonomous unit. Now, the upcoming Prologue SUV marks Honda's renewed effort in the North American EV market, differing in design and appeal from the new Honda Zero series. Toshihiro Mibi, Honda's global CEO, has critiqued the current trend of heavier EVs emphasizing a return to Honda's roots in lightweight vehicle design. Unveiled at 2024 CES, the Honda Zero series, including the Salon and the Space Hub, shows a new EV platform and a design philosophy prioritizing interior space and minimal mechanical component footprint. These, both of these vehicles uh, feature a low, wide exterior and spacious interior supported by a high-density battery for longer range. And the battery tech in these vehicles is designed for longevity with a fast charging capability and a promise of retaining a high percentage of capacity over a decade. Now, Honda Sensing Elite with advanced AI and driver monitoring systems will offer a high level of automated driving, including hands-free operation in various conditions. And the driving experience in the Honda Zero series is described as sporty, benefiting from Honda's experience with Formula One, and its aerodynamic design and performance-enhancing technologies contribute to this driving dynamic. An in-house developed operating system for the Honda Zero series will use AI to learn different drivers' behaviors, making driving more intuitive and responsive for every single person. Now, this technology will enhance the overall driving experience by adapting to anyone's driving habits. Now, even the iconic Honda logo will see a redesign for the Honda Zero series, and it shows that Honda's moving into a new era for the company. Now, while some futuristic features like gullwing doors remain speculative, the unique designs of the saloon and space hub have certainly garnered attention. And Honda's launch of the Zero EV series marks a huge shift in the company's approach to EVs, emphasizing lighter, more efficient design, the series aims to offer a unique blend of performance, technology, and sustainability. And in my opinion, Honda Zero will make a notable impact in the EV market if they continue with the Honda Zero series and make an affordable EV for everybody. NASA has recently announced some schedule changes for its Artemis program, aiming to enhance the long-term scientific exploration of the moon and prepare humans for expeditions to the red planet of Mars, and this involves SpaceX and their Starship program. The adjustments involve the Artemis 2 and Artemis 3 missions now slated for September 2025 and 2026, respectively, and Artemis 4, set for 2028, will be the first mission to the Gateway Lunar Space Station. This shift in planning reflects NASA's commitment to safety and its approach to addressing challenges in first-time developments and operations. This is an experimental ship that will be going to the moon. So the Artemis II mission, which is the first crewed lunar journey, now targets a September 2025 launch. Artemis III, scheduled for the following year, is planned to land astronauts near the lunar south pole. 
These revised dates are a response to the need for extra time to address challenges and ensure the safety of astronauts, particularly given the complexity of these missions. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson emphasized the agency's dedication to astronaut safety and the success during this mission. He said the commercial and international partnerships in advancing humans' understanding of its place in the solar system are paramount. And Nelson described Artemis as a symbol of global collaboration in achievement space exploration. And the primary driver behind the Artemis II schedule adjustment is ensuring crew safety. The mission will test the Orion spacecraft's environmental control and life support systems. And recent tests to qualify these components have revealed some issues needing additional resolution time, including a battery problem and challenges with a circuitry component responsible for air ventilation and temperature control. NASA is also investigating the unexpected loss of charred layer pieces from Artemis 1 spacecraft heat shield. Now, Artemis 1 took a trip around the moon and came back down to Earth, and the heat shield was kind of broken up on its way back in. The investigation expected to conclude during the springtime of 2024 involves extensive sampling, testing, and data review. And they've been testing this since the Artemis 1 mission came back down to Earth all of 2023. This methodical approach aims to fully understand the issue and prevent its recurrence in future missions. Now, there's an Artemis 3 timeline update, too. It's designed to incorporate lessons from Artemis 1 and 2 and address development challenges faced by NASA's industry partners. This approach, recognizing the increased complexity of each crewed mission, allows for additional testing and refinement of new capabilities, particularly those being developed by SpaceX and Axiom Space. SpaceX is developing the Starship for the Human Landing System, and Axiom Space is developing the Lunar Spacesuit. SpaceX is right on target for mid-February for the third launch of their Starship from Boca Chica Starbase, Texas. Now, Catherine Corner, the Associate Administrator at NASA, said, We're letting the hardware talk to us so that crew safety drives our decision-making. She explained that each Artemis flight test is aimed at reducing risks for future moon missions and resolving challenges associated with first-time capabilities and operations. Alongside these mission updates, NASA is reviewing the schedule for launching the Gateway Lunar Space Station's first integrated elements. The review aims to provide more development time and better aim this launch with Artemis 4 in 2028, ensuring a cohesive and efficient program progression. Now, NASA has requested Artemis human landing system provider SpaceX and also Blue Origin to apply knowledge gained in developing their systems towards future variations. These variations could potentially deliver large cargo on later missions, expanding the scope and capabilities of the Artemis program, which is already a pretty ambitious program. Now, the Deputy Associate Administrator of Exploration Systems Development at NASA emphasized the need for getting foundational systems right for safe and successful long-term exploration. He reiterated the priority of crew safety in the Artemis program's moon to Mars exploration goals, and they will continue working with the crew and the companies involved to make this as safe as possible. NASA's leaders also stressed the importance of timely delivery by all partners to maximize flight objectives with available hardware, including SpaceX. Regular progress assessments and integrated programmatic planning are essential for the agency and its partners to achieve their exploration goals. And the Artemis program shows that 
we can move forward with space exploration. They're aiming to explore more of the moon than ever before, and they seek to learn how to live and work in space and prepare for future human exploration on the red planet of Mars. NASA's Foundation for Deep Space Exploration includes the Space Launch System rocket, Exploration Ground Systems, Orion Spacecraft, the Starship Human Landing System, Next Generation Spacesuits, Gateway Lunar Space Station, and rovers for the moon as well. And these components are all integral to the Artemis program's success in the agency's broader space exploration objectives to get people out into the solar system. And the recent schedule revisions in NASA's program highlight the agency's focus on overcoming technical challenges and ensuring the mission's successes. This pragmatic approach is essential for establishing a sustainable and secure framework for space exploration, setting the stage for more complex future missions. These changes mark a crucial step in advancing human presence on the moon and eventually human exploration of Mars. Because of your continued dedication to this podcast, I've been able to create the Elon Musk podcast on YouTube, and we will be doing our first live stream this Sunday at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern on January 14th. That's 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern, January 14th on youtube.com slash the Elon Musk podcast. Now we're going to be talking about SpaceX, Tesla, everything Elon Musk, also some ChatGPT, OpenAI, some other AI news. So please tune in this Sunday, 2 p.m. January 14th at youtube.com slash the Elon Musk podcast. OpenAI recently announced the launch of its GPT store, which is a platform that allows users to share custom chatbots, also known as GPTs. And this store, which opens up new possibilities for ChatGPT alone, was initially slated for a November release, but experienced several delays, finally becoming available in January of 2024. Now, since the introduction of the GPT Builder program in November, over 3 million custom GPTs have been created. These GPTs cover various applications, and OpenAI plans to feature outstanding examples in the store weekly. The GPT store's opening marks a significant expansion in OpenAI's ecosystem, offering more than just the company's in-house developments. Now, the launch was postponed from November to December and then to January, and the GPT store enables creators to publicly showcase their custom chatbots, although currently only subscribers to OpenAI's paid tiers can create and use these custom GPTs. In addition to the store, OpenAI is initiating a revenue-sharing model for GPT creators set to begin in the first quarter of the year. Creators will earn based on user engagement, though the specifics of the arrangements are yet to be disclosed. And OpenAI has implemented a new review system to ensure that all custom GPTs adhere to its brand guidelines and usage policies. The company has also streamlined the process of reporting GPTs that users find harmful or unsafe. The GPT store is accessible to users of GPT Plus, Enterprise, and a new subscription tier called Team. This tier, aimed at smaller teams of up to 150 members, includes access to GPT-4, DALI-3, and advanced data analysis features with a commitment to privacy and data security. ChatGPT Team is priced at $25 per user monthly when billed annually and $30 per user for monthly billing and offers custom GPT creation for specific team needs. This plan ensures that user data and conversations are not utilized for model training purposes. Now, OpenAI's recent venture mirrors the concept of the Microsoft Store, 
providing a centralized location for sharing and discovering a wide range of custom GPT bots. The GPT store features categories like Dolly, writing, research, programming, education, and lifestyle, promoting the visibility of these custom creations. And the GPT store not only offers a public platform for displaying custom GPTs, but also aims to enhance their discoverability. However, the creation and usage of these custom bots are limited to subscribers of specific OpenAI plans. And the revenue sharing program for GPT creators, primarily based on user engagement, shows a new direction for OpenAI. It offers creators a potential income stream for their innovations, aligning with the broader trend of monetizing digital creators' creations. Now, ChatGPT team, as part of this initiative, extends existing subscription benefits. Of course, it uses Dolly 3 and GPT-4, and this shows that OpenAI is willing and open to provide advanced tools for smaller teams. And amidst these developments, OpenAI has openly acknowledged the necessity of using copyrighted material in AI development. The company recently submitted a statement to the UK's House of Lords, emphasizing that creating effective AI models like ChatGPT would be impossible without such materials. And OpenAI's submission highlights the extensive scope of copyright law covering almost all forms of human expression. The company argues that restricting training data to public domain sources would severely limit the effectiveness and relevance of modern AI systems. This acknowledgement follows a lawsuit filed by the New York Times against OpenAI and Microsoft, alleging unauthorized use of the newspaper's content. OpenAI has responded, dismissing the lawsuit as lacking of merit and reaffirming its commitment to journalism and collaborative partnerships. Now, OpenAI's defense leans heavily on the principle of fair use, which allows limited use of copyrighted material without explicit permission under specific conditions. The company maintains that using publicly available internet materials for AI training falls under this principle. Now, this isn't the first instance of OpenAI citing fair use in defense of its training methods. In a previous copyright lawsuit involving comedian Sarah Silverman, OpenAI argued that the scope of copyright law includes exceptions for innovation, suggesting that their use of publicly available materials is a legitimate practice under fair use. Now, the GPT store's launch, combined with the introduction of ChatGPT team and OpenAI's stance on copyright issues, shows that the company is moving forward. It's a complex landscape of AI development and also making money. OpenAI's recent initiatives mark important steps in expanding the reach and capabilities of AI tech. The GPT store and ChatGPT team offer new avenues for AI application and creation, and also a little bit of money there. And while the company's stance on copyright usage underscores the intricate balance between innovation and legal compliance. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. I really do appreciate your support. If you could take a second and hit the subscribe or the follow button on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on right now, I'd greatly appreciate it. It helps out the show tremendously and you'll never miss an episode. And each episode is about 10 minutes or less to get you caught up quickly. And please, if you want to support the show even more, go to patreon.com slash stage zero. And please take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll see you tomorrow.